Today's daf is Yud Zayin in Masechet Beza. We are on the second line of Yud Zayin Amud Aleph with the one dot, Tanura Banan, Yom Tov Shechaliyot B'Shabbat, when a holiday falls out on Shabbat, not before Shabbat, but on Shabbat, Beit Shammai Amorim Mitpalil Shmoneh. Normally on a typical Shabbat, we have seven brachot. We have the first three, Magen Avraham, Mechayim Mitim, Akel HaKadosh. And then of course we have HaMachzir Shechinato Tzion and HaTov Shemcha Ulchana Ele Hodot and Sim Shalom at the conclusion. And then in the middle we have the one bracha, it's a long one, but one bracha of Mekadesh Shabbat. On Yom Tov, it's the same, except the middle bracha would be Mekadesh Yisrael Vazimanim. Now according to Beit Shammai, instead of doing the way that we do it, uh, if a Shabbat and a Yom Tov coincide, we would have two bachot in the middle, one Mekadesh Shabbat and one Mekadesh Yisrael Vazimanim. Ubeit Hillel omrim, etpalel sheva, matchil b'shel Shabbat, umsayim b'shel Shabbat, v'omer kedushat hayom ba'emtza. That according to Beit Hillel, we start with, we have only seven bachot. We start with Shabbat, we conclude with Shabbat, and we say in the middle something about the holiday. As it says, Vatiten lanu Hashem elokeinu et yom ha-minucha hazeh, this is what uh, Rashi has, v'et yom chag ploni hazeh. So the point is that we add in the middle something about the holiday. We start and end with Shabbat. We don't have a, uh, an extra bacha for the Yom Tov. But that's not what we do either. That's the way that we have. That we not only have a, uh, the bacha for Shabbat with something mentioning the holiday in the middle and then ending Mekadesh Shabbat, which is what uh, Beit Hillel would have, but rather we conclude also Mekadesh Shabbat Bisel Vazimanim. We conclude mentioning uh, the holiday in the closing part of the Bacha as well. Ravina, a certain Tana, a certain reciter of Mishnayot or of rabbinic teaching, said in front of Ravina Mekadesh Yisrael Vashabat Vazimanim. He reversed it and said, Mekadesh Shabbat Vashabat Vazimanim, he had Mekadesh Yisrael Vashabat Vazimanim. He said to him, Matu Shabbat Yisrael Mekadshele. That's not true. It wouldn't be correct because the Jewish people are not responsible for the sanctity of Shabbat. They don't declare Shabbat. It's not based upon the calendar that we establish. Human beings have no role in establishing the time of Shabbat. Um, rather, Shabbat Shabbat is independent. It exists on its own. Hashem sanctifies Shabbat and He sanctifies the Jewish people and we sanctify the times by establishing the calendar. Amarav Yosef Halacha Kirubi Ravina. The halacha follows Rabbi in accordance with the way that Ravina explained it. In other words, that the way that we do a combination tefillah when a Shabbat and a Yom Tov coincide is the closing bracha is Mekadesh Shabbat Yisrael Vazimanim. Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbis taught, Shabbat Shechaliyot B'Rosh Chodesh. What about when Rosh Chodesh falls on Shabbat? O B'Cholo Shel Moed, or the Shabbat of Chol HaMoed. Arvid V'Shachvidu Min Chamit Palev Sheva. So the night and the, and the day and the afternoon, of course, for the regular tefillot, we have a regular Amidah, whether it be of Shabbat, the regular Amidah of Shabbat, of the seven Bachot, and in the blessing of Avodah, which is Ritzei, which is the bracha that we say, HaMachazir Shechinato Letzion, in that bracha we place Yalev V'yavo for the Chol HaMoed or for the Rosh Chodesh. V'im lo amar machzirinoto, and if he doesn't say it, he has to go back. And we know that there is an exception, which is Arvit of Rosh Chodesh, where you don't have to go back, but in all other cases you have to go back, omitting Yalev V'yavo. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer Bahoda'ah, Rabbi Eliezer says, no, that the place to put Yalev V'yavo is not in Ritzei, but actually in Modim, the place where we put Alanisim. That's a general machloket that they have. Well, Musafi, that doesn't have anything to do with specifically with Shabbat, but it's a general machloket that Rabbi Eliezer holds that Yalev Yavos is supposed to go in Modim and not in Ritzei. Over Musafin, what about the Musaf of Rosh Chodesh and Shabbat? Why is it different? Because there's no special Shacharit of Rosh Chodesh. There's no special Minchav Rosh Chodesh. There's no special Arvid of Rosh Chodesh. 
no matter what day it falls out on. It's always just an addition to the main tefillah. We say, Yalev Yavo. But in Musaf, when it comes to Musaf, even if Rosh Chodesh falls during a weekday, there's a Musaf of Rosh Chodesh, meaning Rosh Chodesh has its own independent obligation of tefillah Musaf, and so does Shabbat. So how do we combine the two? What do we do when we have two obligations, one of Rosh Chodesh, one of Shabbat? Matchil b'shel Shabbat, Masayim b'shel Shabbat, Vomek Dushat Yom Be'emtza. So the first, the first opinion is, what you do is you start out with Shabbat, you end with Shabbat, saying Mekadesh Shabbat, and you mention, you mention the, the subject of Rosh Chodesh in the middle of that bacha. Okay? Rabban Shemom and Gamliel, V'Rabbi Yishmael B'no Shem Rabbi Yochanan Ben Borkah, Rabban Shemom and Gamliel and Rabbi Yishmael, the son of Rabbi Yochanan, the son of Borkah, Omrim, Kol Makom Shuzkak L'Sheva, Matchil B'Shel Shabbat, Matchil B'Shel Shabbat, Matchil B'Shel Shabbat, Matchil B'Shel They say as a general rule, any time uh, that you have uh, some special day, meaning even in Arvit, Shachrit, and Mincha, the way that you should handle Rosh Chodesh is not to put Yalev Yavo in the uh, in Ritzei, but rather, since it's a special day and it's falling on Shabbat, what you should do is, you should put, whenever you have a seven Bacha Amida, you should modify that middle Bacha of Mikadesh Shabbat and include Yalev Yavo in there. So you include Rosh Chodesh in there, and it, seemingly that would be also for the Musaf, uh, as well as for, uh, of course, Ravit Shachrit and Minchau. They're saying, Ravuna said that does not follow that pair of rabbis, Rabban Shemab and Gamliel and Rabbi Ishmael, the son of Rabbi Yochanan ben Brokah. So, meaning to say that we don't have this idea that Arvit Shachrit and Mincha when Shabbat falls, when Rosh Chodesh falls on Shabbat, that we, uh, that we should say in Arvit Shachrit and Mincha in the middle of the Amidah, in that middle Bachav Shabbat, we should mention Rosh Chodesh. No, we put it in Ritzay. And truthfully, with regard to Musaf of Rosh Chodesh, we follow the same approach as is mentioned with regard to the Musaf of uh, holidays that fall on Shabbat, which is that we, we don't just mention Rosh Chodesh in the middle of the Bachav, the Musaf of, um, uh, of Shabbat, but rather we actually have a totally different middle Bracha that, imp- that incorporates both Shabbat and Rosh Chodesh and concludes with Mekadesh Shabbat v'Yisrael v'Rashei Chodeshim. So just like in accordance with Rebbe before, we apply that to the case of, um, of Rosh Chodesh as well, as Rashi explains, um, so that, that same halacha applies to both. So we don't modify the uh, Shabbat bacha, rather we have a different bacha that incorporates both. says, in the name of Rav, if you have a two-day Yom Tov in the diaspora, you can actually make it a Ovet Chumin from one Yom Tov to the other matne and make a condition. In other words, you go, it's a Thursday, Friday Yom Tov. So you go on Thursday and you put an Ovet Chumin at the place that you want to go, uh, in the direction that you want to go. And you say, if today is really Yom Tov, then I don't need an Ovet Chumin for tomorrow because anyway, tomorrow is not a Yom Tov. And if today is not a Yom Tov, then I'm making it for tomorrow. And then by the next day, either you have an Ovet Chumin or you don't need one. Um, and that works very well. Rava said the same thing when you can do with Erovei Tavshilin. In other words, if you have a situation of a Thursday, Friday, Yom Tov, you could put the Erovei uh, Tavshilin on Thursday. Say, if today is a weekday, I'm making this Erovei Tavshilin for tomorrow, which is the actual day of holiday. And if today is the actual day of holiday, I don't need the Erovei Tavshilin because it's tomorrow. It's really a weekday then. 
Right? And that way you get your, either way you're okay cooking on Friday for Shabbat. Man da'amar e'ovet chumin koshekin e'ovet tafshinin. Now the one that says that you're allowed to put an e'ovet chumin on the Thursday day, the first day of Yom Tov on Thursday, and make a condition that if today is Yom Tov, then this is not an then I don't need an e'ovet chumin tomorrow. And if today is not Yom Tov, then I'm making it now for tomorrow. You definitely can do that with e'ovet tafshinin as well. But uman da'amar e'ovet tafshinin, about e'ovet chumin lo. But the one who says e'ovet tafshinin is okay to do that, doesn't agree about e'ovet chumin because what's the reason? Because it's not proper to establish, to acquire a place. It's a type of a kinyan, a type of an acquisition, an establishment of presence, or as Tosafot says, really it's a type of hachanat, a type of preparation on the Yom Tov that's, uh, that one should not do. Um, and therefore it's more strict that we don't allow I'm sorry, Eovet Chumin rather, to be made uh, in a condition, uh, on a conditional basis like that, even though we might allow to be made in a conditional basis like that. A person cannot cook from one Yom Tov to the next. In other words, if there are two days of Yom Tov, again, cooking from one day to the next is not allowed. But they said in truth, a woman can fill up the entire pot with choresht, with the, with the stew, or whatever it is, with the food, uh, with meat. Even though she only needs one piece of meat, but she can fill the whole thing because it's only one action. So she's not doing a separate action to prepare for the next day. Um, similarly, the, uh, the chef can fill up an entire pot of water, even though he knows, only needs one, one pitcher of it. He doesn't need so much. However, when it comes to baking, you can't do any extra. In other words, when it comes to, let's say it's the first day of Yom Tov, and you want to have food for the next day, you can actually fill up the entire pot with food because you're doing one action of cooking, and the fact that there's going to be leftovers is okay. Similarly, you can boil the entire thing of water. It's one action. But to bake, since each loaf is stuck, in the oven independently that's a separate involvement so therefore if you're if you only need two loaves and you put in 10 then it's obviously you're doing it for the a, a different day you're doing a separate tircha you're doing a separate effort for the following day and that's not allowed however um no you can actually fill the entire oven with bread even though you only need one or two loaves because bread bakes better when the oven is full and the heat is more concentrated and so you could say that it's actually benefiting your immediate bread right now even though it's producing more loaves than you need and you're going to end up um, you're going to end up using them on the second day of the holiday. The fact is that the immediate ben- there is an immediate benefit to the filling of the uh, tandoor, the uh, oven with bread, and so you're allowed to do it. And Rafa says that there is the question, and of, of course the chidush there is that even though what you're doing in sticking the bread on the oven, you're doing separate effort for each one of those loaves. Since there is a tangible benefit to your current loaves that you're going to use, you're allowed to do it. That's a big chidush, and that's why the Tanakh Kamasimili doesn't accept that. Um, because he would say that since you're uh, sticking individual loaves in addition to what you need, you're basically preparing those loaves and you're preparing them for the next day. Ibalu, the question was raised. We know that a person who doesn't have an Shilin is not allowed to cook from Friday for Shabbat uh, when the Friday is a Yom Tov. Does that mean just him or also his food becomes prohibited? If he wants somebody else to prepare his food for him, can he just invite them over to cook for him? Somebody who made an Eirov Tavshilin or even his food is all prohibited to be prepared. If we say that not only is he prohibited, but his food cannot be prepared on Friday for Shabbat because he failed to do an Eirov Tavshilin. So that means he has to 
um, transfer possession of his food to somebody else to prepare it for him. But if you say that he was prohibited but his food was not, then he just has to have somebody else come and cook for him, but he wouldn't have to actually transfer the food to their possession. So my, what's the halakha? If a person does not have an eovet havshilin, he cannot bake or cook or store hot food, meaning to, um, to insulate food, not for himself and not for others. In other words, even though he's doing it for someone else, since he doesn't have an eovet havshilin, he's prohibited to do it. Nor can other people cook or bake for him. The way that he has to do it is he has to transfer ownership of his food to somebody else and they will cook and bake it and then share it with it but it has to be theirs it can't be his now we see from this the conclusive conclusively that he and his food are both prohibited in other words that's how the chachami made it they didn't base it upon um they didn't base it only upon himself but upon his food as well there's a prohibition for it to be prepared from friday to shabbat when he doesn't have any what happens if a person who doesn't have any goes ahead and he bakes anyway can he eat the food on shabbat tashima if a person did not leave it, what should he do? We said that he has to transfer ownership of his food to somebody else and they will cook and bake for him. And if it's true that if he went ahead and he baked for himself, he would be allowed to eat it. So If you're talking about a person who's already in trouble, why doesn't it mention if he went ahead and cooked for himself, he's allowed to eat it on Shabbat? It's telling you how you're supposed to do it in a permitted way. You're supposed to give your food to somebody else to bake for you. You're not supposed to do it yourself. But the Tana is not going to give you an option, which is a prohibited option. Oh, and if you go ahead and you cook anyway, then you're allowed to eat it on Shabbat. It's not going to say that. Because that's not a takana, that's not a way to fix it in a permissible manner. A permissible manner is to transfer your food to somebody else. Tashma. If a person placed in Eruvet of Shilin is allowed to bake and to cook and to insulate food from if he wants to eat Eruv, he's allowed to. In other words, he doesn't have to leave it there. Once he's done using it, he can eat it. Right? If a person ate the Eruv, and it should say it should say all three examples, of course. If the person didn't bake, or cook, or insulate the food, and then he ate it already, he ate the, uh, he, it's already eaten, now it's consumed now. Okay, so then, he's stuck. So now he's not allowed to anymore. In other words, even though he said in Eruv if it was already gone before he came to do the action of actually uh, cooking or baking or whatever, so it's too late. And similarly, others cannot cook or bake for him, or bake or cook for him, but he can cook as much as he wants for Yom Tov, and whatever's left over will be for Shabbat. But he can't play any tricks. Rashid defines playing a trick as after he's already completed his preparations for the Yom Tov, taking out a separate pot. In other words, he can fill up the pot that he's working with for that Yom Tov as much as he wants. But if he takes out a separate pot and says, oh, you know, I might have other, I might decide to... Uh, 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 invite more guests over or something, so I'm going to make this, but it's really not true, right? He does a whole separate effort and it's really not true. So then that's going to be prohibited because he obviously was just false, what he said. So the question here is, we're trying to figure out if a person does it b'mezit, if they purposely go and they bake or they cook without an eovet tavshilin, is it permitted for them to eat it on Shabbat? 
the food that they made. So we, we tried to show, well, from the fact that the Brighta doesn't mention that option, obviously, if you cook or bake on Yom Tov for Shabbat without an Yom Tov, you're not allowed to eat it because it doesn't mention it. But the Gemara said, no, that's, that's, it's not going to give you a suggestion that's prohibited. It's not mentioning prohibited suggestions, but the Avat. Ah, so here you see, it says that if the person, Herim Asur, if he did it with trickery, if he went and he took a separate pot and he filled it up and he cooked it, saying, oh yeah, I'm going to invite more people, but really he didn't mean it. And, uh, and really it was for Shabbat. So he's not allowed to eat it on Shabbat. So you see that when you purposely go, when you flout the system, you're not allowed to eat it on Shabbat. Ravashi said, no, you're giving an example of someone who plays a trick. Actually, trickery is worse than mezid. Why? Rashi explains. Because if a person does something on purpose and they do it wrong, first of all, nobody's going to learn from them. They're going to say, oh, that person's doing wrong. Number two... Um, you know, they're going to know that he's doing wrong and they're not going to follow in his footsteps, number one. Number two, he himself, when he does something wrong, recognizes he did something wrong, feels guilty about it. Maybe he'll do Teshuvah. But when a person comes up with an excuse and a trick, people might imitate that trick, even though it's wrong. And people might also, um, people might also, you know, adopt that as a lechatchila. Uh, and also, he won't realize that he's done anything wrong because he has a rationalization. He's in denial, so he won't do teshuvah. So that's why Haramah is prohibited. But it could be that if a person just went ahead and said, you know what, I don't have an Eorbe Tavshim, but we're going to be hungry tomorrow. I'm just going to cook on Friday for, for Shabbat. Maybe that would be okay. Who is the author of this statement that says that if you, with trickery, prepared the food on Yom Tov for Shabbat without saying that it was really for Shabbat, uh, it's going to be prohibited. That's Hanania. Because the Tanya we learned in Abaita. It's in accordance with Bechamai. The Tanya we learned in Abaita. Hanania Omer. Bechamai Omrim. En Ofrin. El Imken. Arav Pat. Ve'el Vashin. El Imken. Arav Betavshim. Ve'en Tomin. El Imken. Ayu Lo Chamin. Temunin. Merv Yom Tov. According to Bechamai, a person may not bake unless they had bread advance in advance as an Erov Tavshirin. And they may not cook unless they had a cooked dish in advance. And they may not uh, insulate uh, hot things, unless they had hot things insulated from Erev Yom Tov. says, no, you can use one dish, and that with that one dish, you, it covers everything that you need. In other words, you don't need a, um, you don't need uh, to, um, uh, to have a, according to Beit Shammai, you have to have a specimen of each type of activity as part of your Erev Tavshilin, each activity you want to do on Friday Yom Tov for Shabbat, you have to have a species of it, a, a, a specimen of it. So you have to have a cooked dish, you have to have a baked thing, you have to have an insulated thing if you want to do those things. Beit Shilin says, no, just one cooked dish covers all of the different malachot that you might want to do on Friday for Shabbat and it's okay. So the um, so what do you see from here? As she says, you see from here that Beit Shammai was very strict and Beit, uh, and, and Hananiah was very strict about Erev Tavshilin and and ostensibly, they would also be the authors of the, of the view that if you did it with trickery, Bediyavad, it would be prohibited. But that might not even be the case aside from uh, Beit Shammai. So we still haven't figured out if a person just goes ahead and straight B'mezid says, I'm going to cook for, on, on, because I forgot to make an Eovet Tavshilin, I don't care. I'm going to cook on Friday for Shabbat anyway, whether they are allowed to eat the food or not. Tenan, but it actually should say Tashma, I believe. It should say Tashma. If a person takes Tuman Maser from his fruits, which you're not allowed to do on Shabbat, by accident, he's allowed to eat the fruit that he now fixed by separating them. But B'mezid, if he did it on purpose, he's not allowed to. So it should be the same thing. That if you cooked on Friday, which was Yom Tov, you shouldn't be allowed to eat it. That could be talking about a case where you have other fruits. But this guy who has no Eruvet Tavshilin, 
He has no food for Shabbat. So maybe we'll be lenient and even though he violated the rule on purpose, we'll let him eat the food. Right? Tashma, another example. If a, a person is not supposed to do Tevilat Kelim on Shabbat. According to, uh, to uh, Sfaradim, that means Tevilat of Tumah and Tarah, the type of Tevilat that they did only in the times of the Beit HaMikdash, not the type of Tevilat that we do Midur Abanan. Our Midur Abanan Tevilat would technically be allowed on Shabbat and Yom Tov. According to the Ashkenazi Poskim, it's not allowed to do Tevilat Kelim at all on Yom Tov or Shabbat. According to us, it's only an issue when it's uh, actually dealing with Tumah and Tarah. But the Tevilat Kelim we do would technically be allowed. Now, but so, but that's talking about whatever is prohibited. If you did it Bishogeg, you can use the Kelim. If you did it on purpose, you cannot use the vessels. So what do you see from there? You see that if somebody violates even a rabbinic rule, b'mezid, they're not allowed to benefit from the results. But again, that could be talking about somebody who has other vessels. Alternatively, you could borrow vessels from somebody else. But the person who is in a situation of not having an erovet tafshilin is really stuck. So maybe the rabbis were lenient there and said that if he goes ahead and he does cook on Friday for Shabbat without an erovet tafshilin, maybe we should let him go. Um, it says if somebody cooked on Shabbat by accident, he can eat it. If he did it by mezid, he cannot eat it. And that's actually a machlok at Tanaim that we've learned about before. This is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, who is lenient, <clears throat> that if you cooked by accident on Shabbat, you could eat, the, you could eat it. But only if you did by mezid, you can't eat it. Um, that's not actually the halakha. The halakha that's brought down in Shulchan Aruch is that even if you cooked by accident, you're not allowed to eat it on that Shabbat. Um, but the Vilna Gaon holds that uh, if it's Bishogeg, you could. So there's this machloket. But in either case, this the main point is b'mezid lo yochal. If a person cooks on Shabbat, they're not allowed to eat. That's for sure. Yisurad Shabbat shanei. But that's different because that's a violation of Shabbat. The Deoraita, very serious, very heavy. So if the person did that b'mezid, for sure he's not allowed to eat the food. But that doesn't mean that if somebody violated the rabbinic rule that you can't cook from Yom Tov to Shabbat, that he should therefore be uh, prohibited from eating the food that he produced. So we have not come up with an answer yet. And the Gemara basically leaves it as a, uh, as a uh, you know, unresolved. It doesn't uh, give us in the end uh, the, uh, a conclusion with regard to, uh, to that question. It, tried to, it brought up several different uh, options and did not tell us in the end what the, uh, what the halakha would be. Um, so, so it left it as an open question. Tashma. I'm sorry, Beit Shammai Omrim Shnei Tavshilin. Beit Shammai says, you need two dishes, not just one. Matnidin Delakiaitana. Our Mishnah is not in accordance with the other version of, uh, that brought by the following, uh, uh, following Tana. The Tanya says in the right, Amr Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar. Modim Beit Shammai Beit Shammai Tavshilin Jetzarich. That according to this version, you definitely need two dishes. That's not a machloket. Al manech leku, al dag u betashalav. Whether a piece of fish with egg on top of it is considered two tafshilin. According to um, according to this, it's the opposite of what our Mishnah says because our Mishnah says that the machloket is with regard to whether you need one or two dishes. But everybody agrees that a that the fish with the piece of uh, egg on top is considered two tafshilin. Here it's saying no, that itself is the machloket, but they both agree you need two tafshilin, two cook dishes. Vishavit, Shepirper Betaf, Natal Tochadag. Oh, should we say Kaflotot, Natal Tochadag? But they agree that if a person cut up egg and stuffed it into the fish, or cut up leek and stuffed it into the fish, that is definitely considered two things, because what's inside the fish and what's and the fish itself are two different things, and therefore that would be considered two Tavshilin. Our Tana, our Mishnah, in accordance with Betilel, in other words, it follows the, uh, the view of uh, our Mishnah that you need only one cooked dish for 
for Eruve Tavshili. If the person ate the Eruv Tavshilin or it got lost before he had a chance to do any cooking, so then he can no, no longer rely on it. If the person started with his dough and then the Eruv got eaten, he can finish. In other words, once he starts uh, preparing the food based on relying on the Eruv Tavshilin, it's the Friday Yom Tov and he starts preparing based on the Eruv Tavshilin and he's in the middle of the process and then it gets eaten or lost, he can finish what he started, so says Abaye. Now there's a Tosafot here that actually is very important, Halachani Maasem, Chloket in the Tosafot, with Rabbeinu Tam saying that it's required to have both a, uh, that we hold like Rabbi Eliezer earlier in the Gemara, that you must have bread in your Eruvet Tavshilin. You have to have a Tavshilichan, you have to have the one cooked dish, as well as bread, in order to allow, uh, in order to allow, uh, uh, baking to take place, and that's why the uh, that's what Rabbeinu Tam holds. That you have to have bread and one cooked dish. Uh, Rabbeinu Yitzchak in the Tosfot says no, this is not correct. We don't, we we follow what the simple meaning of Beit Hillel that you only need one cooked dish, and that's actually the the Ikaradin. But even the Tosfot says that uh, even though Rabbi Yitzchak argued with Tosfot, he would he said Lo milani libi dodi. I, I didn't have the, the uh, I wasn't confident enough to disagree with my uncle. And therefore we're going to hold that you need two dishes, bread and a cooked dish, like Rabbi Tam's ruling. And that is what the custom is today, to have bread or matzah, if it's Pesach, together with the, uh, together with one cooked dish. Even though if a person only had the one cooked dish, they would also be good for Erovei Tavshilin.